0: You're listening to the Patriot Nation podcast.
1: All right, welcome into another edition of the Patriot Nation Podcast. Of course, Patriot Nation Podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the official wagering partner of CLNS Media. Make sure you sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston. Matt, it's your boy Pat Lane here with Matt St. Jean. Of course, like we all know this, I guess, by now, right? But uh second preseason game and there was a lot going on, kind of a lot to take away, and then we kind of get to see the dark side of the the dark side of football, the side that we don't really like to talk about as much. Um, and you know, the game ends uh, early because of the Isaiah Bolden injury, and it's a tough thing to see, tough thing to watch. But I think ultimately, everyone involved made the right decision.
0: Yeah, and I I was happy to see the way that the teams handled it. Um, I think we saw after DeMar Hamlin last year, I think All teams right. kind of took it upon themselves to figure out what they would do in any kind of situation like that. And I love Matthew Slater calling out Bill Belichick for being the one to initiate calling the game, you know, yet, yet two days of joint practices that were physical with fights um, and you're in the fourth quarter of a preseason game against that same opponent. These coaches have you know, seen what they needed to see. From the guys that are out there the sample size is pretty large you've seen a lot of plays you know how these teams go um it's fourth quarter right no need to risk more injury and um i don't know it's just a game and in this case in this case a game that really doesn't matter
1: well and i think that's really what it comes down to i think that you know if this were a regular season game i think they probably would have kept playing but like you 100%. said you know they had this they had two days of joint practices they had all this stuff now you're talking about you're sitting there saying, what what are we doing? We're going to stick out, you know, Trace McSorley out there with all these. Like, why are we doing that? It doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. you know, just end the stupid game right now. It's just not worth it, you know. So um, I think they made the right decision. And, and, you know, Slater said Slater said a lot of stuff about Belichick and, and talking about, you know, Bill during that time. But he said, you know, with his 16 years, He's been playing for the Patriots. He said, that's one of his proudest moments, uh, uh, you know, to be a Patriot and to be playing for Bill Belichick. And I thought that that was, you know, Slater's an emotional guy. Anyways, kind of wears his heart on his sleeve, um, which I, which I liked, which we always love from Slater anyways, but to hear him talk about Belichick that way and to hear that Belichick was really one that, that initiated that said, like, we don't need to be here. Like, what are we doing? You know? And, 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 you know, he mentioned it, and a few other players on the team mentioned it, that they were a little rattled when that happened. You know, and and I think rightfully so. And they always are rattled, but it's always okay. Like, all right, well, we got to do, we got it. You know, it's our job, and we got to get back to it. And it's like well, at this point, it just doesn't, it just doesn't really matter.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and obviously we're we're thinking of Isaiah Bolton, hoping he's doing all right. And they said feeling in his extremities taken to the hospital there. That's that's priority yeah. one right now is make sure he's good. It sounds like, you know, early signs were as good as you could probably hope for in yep. a situation like this. Um, and, you you know, abundance of caution, you make sure he's good. These teams have the money to make sure these guys get the best, the best medical attention they're going to get. And that's what he's going to get. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about the game here, but also the player. It's a short turnaround. You're it's Saturday, they're back at joint practices on Tuesday playing on Friday. It's a short preseason week, very yep. physical preseason week. So mentally, you know, it's you gotta worry about your teammate and what's going on with him, but also turn around um and figure out how do I, you know, get back on a football field, recover, get myself healthy so we can figure out these, these next couple of days.
1: Right. No, hundred percent. And so we'll see what happens there. So let's let's get into the game. Let's get into the game and we'll talk about it. And I think I think we'll start um I think we'll start on the offensive side of the ball, and look. I understand the offensive line was a disaster. I get it. I know they were terrible. I I know, okay. But, but I did think you saw some promising things out of the young guys. I thought Mafi, Mafi gave up pressure on actually on the Kendrick Bourne catch across the middle. That throw ended up sailing because. Maffey missed a stunt a stunt and and Mac had pressure right in his face. Um and so, you know, that that of course was a bad play by him. City so got driven back into Mac Jones, which allowed a sack. Of course, bad play, right, by him. But I thought overall between So and Moffy, and then Jake Matthews, who came in and played center after James Farrell's mm-hmm. took over for David Andrews. Jake. I thought the three of those guys looked pretty good, right? I thought well, I, they looked think, pretty good.
0: Well, I think the most important thing is they look better than they did last week. Right. Uh, and that's really what you're asking for at this point in the process. Like, I don't I don't know how much those guys are going to play this year. We're still waiting on the status of Cole Strange and Michael Owenu, which I think there was discussion this week about both of those guys probably being back for week one, or that's kind of the goal here is to get yeah. them back for week one. Um, but, like, I don't know. When Mac Jones was out there, like that offensive line, the the top unit right now, it's not great. That's probably average in the NFL right now. I didn't think it was awful. I thought it was okay. And if so, can, you know, improve a little bit week by week. And Moffey can improve a little bit week by week. It's passable. You're going to be able to run your offense. You're going to be able to figure some stuff out. Obviously, they, they scored. It was a short field, but they did score with that right. group. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I would, the, the offensive line was good enough that they could run the plays they wanted to run for the most part. And yeah. that is an improvement on a significant chunk of the NFL right there.
1: I agree. I agree. And look, you know, what I'd like to see someone else and people are mentioning, you know, DJ Fluker and, uh, Jason Peters talked about how he wanted to play this year. And, and those guys are possibilities. Those, those definitely are possibilities for me. But I also think if you're happy with the progression that those guys are making, if you're looking at City So saying, we're happy with his progression, what I think is really fascinating to me is that Riley Reef looked like he was going to be the starting right tackle. All camp, it looked like Riley Reef was going to be the starting right tackle. And then today, with Mac Jones out there, right, he's at right guard. And City So at right tackle. And they're so now good i at guard. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I understand Radley Reef's not necessarily a guard. And I know that Mike Onwenu is is hopefully gonna be back. But maybe they're looking at it saying, you know, City So's look pretty good at right at right tackle. And maybe Radley Reef looks good at right guard. And if he all of a sudden looks good at right guard, well, if on when, who, and, and we talked about this last week, uh, you know, I'm concerned that on when not gonna be ready for the start of the season, he hasn't even stepped onto the practice field in pads yet. So it's going to take some time ramping up, getting him back into game shape. I think throwing him out there, you know, week one with no practice time would be a huge mistake. Yeah, it's an Eagles um, front seven too. Right, well, I think, right.
0: I think this is the tough thing right now. They got speed rushers over there at Philly too. Yeah. And whether it's Riley Reeve, City, so or on when who they put it right tackle, whoever that is, is going to have a hard time anyway. And I think you're just the answer at this point because you don't have a great option there. And there's just there, look like at the whole offseason, there wasn't going to be a great option available without giving up something really significant. Correct. Your answer is going to be to ship. And to run to the other side of the field, or to run right at that side, so they can't put their speed rushers over there. And if they got undersized guys, you run at them, or you pass in the direction, or you roll Mac out, or you have RPOs. That's how you beat it, and you scheme around it so that you can. If you got, if you have one weak link on the offensive line, especially if it's like at tackle and it's like kind of passable, you can scheme around that. To some degree, and make it work, especially like if it's if this is what it looks like week one. If this is the year, and let's say Cole Strange comes back in at left guard, but so is still at right tackle, you can make that work for like weeks one and two. And by week three, you hope you're healthy. I think well, that's well. that's fine, and you'll be competitive in both of those games for the chance to win. I think I agree. I, I, and, and you know, the,
1: the other part of it for me is that, um, when I look at uh, what the hell was I, what was I just thinking about? There was oh, he was talking about Johnny Lumpkin at old oh man, old oh man uh he, he distracted me by saying put Lumpkin at right tackle, but but I um you know realistically though, I think the offensive line is gonna be fine. I think they're gonna be okay. Now, there's also a question of you're gonna have cut down day, right? The Bengals are a target that everyone's kind of pointed out. Jonah Williams is is not, you know, they signed Lyle Collins, right? Was it Lyle Collins they signed? They traded for that. I don't know. They picked up Lyle Collins. They have three starting tackles at this point, right? If one of those guys doesn't want to be a backup or if they want to get, if they're looking at it saying, well, we want to get something. Jonah Williams is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. We're not resigning him. He's not starting. He's a backup for us. We want to get something for him. The Patriots may, you know, may have to give them something, but maybe it won't be something super significant And they're willing to do that. Or maybe they're looking at saying, you know what, we're pretty happy with with City. So and, and, you know, people talked about, okay, yeah, City, so this and, and whatever. But like Will Anderson, who was the number three pick in the draft and was really good. Right. He. He you look at it and say, all right, well, he shut down Will Anderson last week, City. So for the most part. Yeah, pretty so good there. you know he wasn't that bad, right? And then he played pretty well again tonight. And again, it wasn't perfect, but he's getting better. And I think you're looking yeah. at it saying, like, you know what? Would we be okay dealing with this rookie at right tackle? Like, I think we would. And again, like you said, if left tackle is okay, if Trent Brown's okay, and if Cole Strange is okay, and David Andrews is okay, and Mike onwen is okay. You can deal with a little bit of a question mark at right tackle because only one guy you have to worry about, you know.
0: You can you can handle that. And the other thing is, I, I think the other question that's obviously opens up is like, what do they do on when he comes back? Because he's played tackle before, and yeah. it's, it's it's basically I think you got three possibilities here on when he comes back. He goes right back to right guard. Riley Reef kicks right back out to tackle where they signed him, and you go back to what the plan was this offseason. or you're going to put on when back in at guard but they like what they've seen from so and they think Reef is a little bit washed not quick enough to play on the outside right. or they think Reef is a really good guard and they're going to put on you back at tackle and they're going to have that be what they go with on the right, right side i think i think all three of those are possibilities here um and quite frankly like <laughs> depending on what the media access level is at practice and when on when it comes back we might not really know until they take the field week one on September sure. 10th. Like it's, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's, I'm. I feel better now than I did last week. I think they have enough bodies there to make something passable work to get the offense going. Yeah, it's probably all they're going to need.
1: Well, I agree with you. And, and to me, the biggest part of it for me is that when I look at it, I say the offensive line is in better shape than I think we thought they were last week. And again it's not perfect and i know it didn't look great tonight i understand that but i do think that they're trending up which is a good thing you know and i think that you know and i know people are, are nervous and and i i totally get it i totally get it that people are nervous but i do think they're going to have a good enough offensive line is it going to be the detroit lions offensive line or the philadelphia eagles offensive line of last year no it's not you know they're not going to have do- they're not going to have a dominant offensive line this year but Can they be a good offensive line? A decent like I think that's good enough for the Patriots to be fine. And again, you don't have to dominate other teams. You're going to struggle against Philly because everyone struggles against Philly, right? So, but I we're just in the Super Bowl, (laughs) right? And that's what I'm saying, you know. And so I do think like Zeke helps with that, having a back that can you know and Ramondre is good at blitz pickup too. But having a back that can really help, I think, really helps your offensive line too. So. Um, which is good.
0: I agree. And and the RPOs help because sure do. you're basically, and anything like that, you're basically taking a defender and taking them out of the play in a way that you're not, you're not blocking them to take them out of the play. That's not how you're doing it. it just makes it a little bit easier on your right. offensive line to figure that out. And like they, Matt got pressured a little bit on one of the RPOs today, uh, yep. that, that slant to Bourne. But like that play I thought was perfect. Of like that's the example of what this should look like in the offense. Exactly, Mac reads the RPO really well. He sells the handoff, and even though he's under pressure, he realizes they're coming to my face and pull the ball back out and get the ball out on the slant where it's open. Bore makes the catch. He pick up the first down. He's able to get some yards after the catch. That's putting Mac in a position to succeed. Mac making a really nice throw, Bourne making it happen, and the offensive line doing enough to allow it to happen. Now, obviously, they ran a similar play later and it almost ended up in a pick because the defense read it and sat underneath the the slant, and that's where I think, you know, your game plan. As the season goes along, you're going to put stuff in. So you're not just running the same play over and over. Um, right. So we'll see, like, you know, how that evolves. But that, that first drive from the offense in particular, I felt pretty good about.
1: I agree. I agree. So let's let's switch over to to wide receiver because that's the other battle I think that we're looking for. Pop Douglas played a little bit with Mac Jones tonight. Had a few catches, including a third down catch. Um, you know, and ha- I, that swing pass to me was almost more indicative of what you're going to see from him because of his shiftiness and his ability to get away from tacklers. That stuffing that that I don't think a lot of team a lot of guys on the Patriots possess. Um, and so I was I was happy to see that from him. And then of course Kayshawn Booty, you know, takes a slant pass and goes to the house. And I know that the safety made a bad play, over pursuit. I get it. But it looked great. It looked great. It was a great play by him. And and I think that Booty is a guy for me where I look at it and say, he's playing himself into a position on this team. He's playing himself into a roster spot on this team. And now the question becomes. Do you keep six wide receivers or do you trade one of those guys? I know KB is the, is the target that everyone talks about trading away. Matt Jones loves him some KB.
0: Well, he, he started tonight and looks very good. I don't right I, the, all of the KB trade noises because he didn't play well last year. Right. But like you would, I don't, I don't, you're not going to trade him at his playing in the process. Like he looks good and he's playing well and he's a team leader. Like he's, Honestly, like he's a very good wide receiver three when you look around the rest of the league. Like he's, especially when you, if he can get back to what he did two years ago, either or not, I don't think it's worth trading him. Um, and I think, I think the real question here, I think we assume that they're going to have eight pass catchers of some kind between wide receiver and tight end. And I'm not, I'm not including like Matthew Slater in that. So what the question basically becomes is do you want, do you want to keep Kayshawn Booty or do you want to keep Matt Sokol or Anthony Furkser? Guys like that. And I didn't, I thought the two of those guys were fine today, Sokol and Ferkster. But I think they're the kind of guys who you can put on the practice squad and you're not going to have an issue with that at all. I don't think anybody's rushing out to claim them. Agreed. Uh, and I thought Booty made enough plays tonight and was open con- consistently enough that you say, all right, he's, he's worth that sixth roster spot at receiver, even if he's not going to play that much. He's probably not going to be active on game days a whole lot this season unless guys get banged up. Um, but I think you'd rather have him there. And I think he's also shown enough that you'd be a little bit wary of putting him through waivers. Uh, also, I don't know if you had seen this. Devon Godshaw literally just tweeted this out. Somebody yeah. shared a video of Booty's Touchdown. Ryan Clark said, Akishan Booty finds his stride in New England. He will be the steal of the draft, showed top 10 talent at times early throughout his time in Baton Rouge. Godshaw retweeted that and just said, agreed. So a uh, little uh, little shout out from inside the room
1: there. Yeah, well, think about think about the guy that he was at the beginning of his time at LSU. I mean, you know, he still does he still have the record? I believe for receiving yards in a game,
0: something like that. Uh, is, it was like three hundred something there.
1: yards. I mean, it's outrageous. And you yeah. think about all the guys that went there. He reached fifth. I think they said fifty catches. I think they said he reached fifty catches faster than any of the wide receivers recently. Like, yeah, that's outrageous. Jefferson chase and Odell. And he had 50 catches in less games than all those guys. So like, you know, that's the type of guy you're talking about. And is he going to be those guys? No, I mean, maybe, but like, but I'm not saying he's going to be, but like, he at least is flashing that ability to be a prime time player, to be a really good player. And if that's the case, you can't let that guy just walk away. Now, if you had seen nothing from him in training camp and you had seen nothing from him in preseason, then you'd sit there and say, all right, the kid doesn't have it. We'll cut him. Maybe he'll end up in the practice squad or someone else claims him, someone else claims him. But at this point now, he's making plays and he's consistently doing it. Of course, he had the touchdown tonight. That's great. But it's not just that. He's been doing it in practice now for the last like two weeks in a row. And if he continues to impress and practice play that way, how are you gonna cut the guy? He can't. Uh, and so you earned, know.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm he's and he's like he looks solid. Like even if he isn't some kind of a playmaker, he's still very like a very good route runner. Uh, he's very good after the catch. And he's like and we saw I think some blocking from him at points tonight, which yeah. we also saw from Kendrick Bourne. Shout out to him. He had a big block on Rumondra Stevenson's run. Um But the booty just like he does enough of the fundamentals well that as long as he's like bought in and doing all the stuff that you want to do, he's he's won me over in that regard. He's shown he's an NFL caliber athlete. And all of that, it's like all right, I mean, he's even if he's never explosive, even if he's never more than like a wide receiver three, in two years he could be what Kendrick Bourne is now. That type of guy. And it's like, all right, well, if you got you got that from a sixth round pick on a rookie deal, yeah, that makes that pretty Bourne walks. That you have the next guy up, and you feel yeah. pretty good about it, and that's, I mean, that's that's nice. And I thought his, his counterpart in the draft there, Pop Douglas, he, he didn't play much, but he popped when he did.
1: Yeah, pun intended. Um, oh so yeah, you know, and then
0: using that, this, apologies <laughs> in advance. The uh,
1: and then Val says, you know, the, that Thornton starts the season on IR, and I agree that Thornton probably does start the season on IR. But here's the question if thornton goes on the ir before the season that means he's done for the season if yeah. thornton starts wants to start the I, start season on ir and come off he's going to have to make the initial 53 man roster which means you're going to be keeping eight wide receivers and then also matthew slater with matthew slater i guess is a wide receiver but whatever you know like and so that's right. the if thing that measures, yeah. is that you're going to be keeping eight wide receivers so you're gonna have to cut someone else. Now that guy you're, you're might saying, be...
0: you're saying eight pass catchers, right? The wide receivers and the tight ends, if you're keeping eight.
1: Yeah, uh yes, sorry. Six yeah, you're right. Okay. So yep, to make sure we right. weren't no 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 yeah, yeah. Just yeah.
0: assuming Trey Nixon was on the I top. had the
1: yeah, Trey that's my guy. He's 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 done for the year. That sucks. Yeah. I never see you never want to see a guy get hurt, but might end up working out in his favor, oh. he ends up on the team the rest of the year on IR and gets paid. So yeah. Um, you know, but, but anyways, the, the, the point here is that, are you going to keep this guy, you know, you want, you're not cutting Taekwon Thornton right now. People can, you know, dislike Taequann Thornton all they want. You're not cutting that guy. It's insane. And so he's going to be on the roster. If Douglas and Booty are both going to be on the roster as well, and you're not trading Parker or Juju or born, which you shouldn't. Then you got six guys. There's nothing you can do about it. And so, unless Thornton's injury is significantly worse than we thought and has to be out for the year, well, then that's a different story, right? And so, you know, right, but yeah. maybe, maybe you only keep a few running backs. Look, and we want to talk about running backs. We we have to go to our uh, sponsor, and then we'll come back and and talk about the running backs. But okay. but you're gonna have to do that, you know, that roster calculus a little bit, right? And and figure yeah. out. Who are Who am I going to take off the roster, pass him through waivers, and hope I get him back? You know, because yeah. I think at this point you have to keep all six of those guys at least on the initial 53, even if you end up putting one of them on IR to start the year.
0: Yeah, and that's before you just put I'm putting this out there. I think it was Christopher Price reported like during the game or right before the game. Sources were saying that uh, Taquin Thornton's injury is considered week to week, and that's yeah. like if he's week to week. We're three weeks from the opener right yeah. now. Like he's not, he's probably healthy by then if he actually recovers and like this isn't like it's been. Um and like whether or not he can stay healthy, I think is a question. Cause this is the third time he's been sidelined due to injury and he's not we haven't even started in his second regular season yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's there's a good chance he'll be at least somewhat healthy by opening day, and that's not a consideration here. Um so I, yeah. think, I think two tight ends, six wide receivers is probably the way that breaks down.
1: I think um, so. I agree. Yeah. All right. Word from our sponsor. And then uh, we'll be back. We're going to be talking about running backs. And we will also – we're going to get into, um, into the uh, defense a little bit too. Oh, yeah. Football season is about to kick off. And FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Restrictions apply. Max bonus $50 unless specified otherwise. See terms at FanDuel.com/sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline: ma.org or call. for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM1234. All right. So we're back. We're going to be talking. We are going to be talking about running backs as promised. Um, All right. So look,
0: we're talking about running backs. I have a question for you here. Sure. Did did we talk about Mac Jones at all on this? And how he looked? Because we talked the offensive line. Yeah, he looked good. I
1: mean, he looked good. I thought. Um, I know he missed. He he missed.
0: um, Anything about the seam route to Henry? Yeah,
1: he missed the Henry route. The question that I have with the Henry route is. Did he really miss the throw or was it a miscommunication? Because it seemed to yeah. me that Henry, as soon as the play ended, was like, hey, that one was on me. My bad about that.
0: And he threw like an extra hitch in there as so he was running. And I think he just tried to – like I went back and watched it a couple yeah. times. I think he just tried – tried, he overthought separating from the defender there and didn't just run to space. Um, so we'll see how that looks. But I thought uh, even that first series, you know, with the motions in the offense, it looked like Mac had a really – he was really confident in what was going on. And then he he sensed pressure. I was able to move around in the pocket to extend plays and create stuff. And yeah,
1: we didn't see that last year (laughs) now. And he had that, he had that throw to Parker that I I thought, I just thought Parker lost it for a bit. I think that he didn't necessarily, um, he didn't accelerate at the end there, but I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. So,
0: um, yeah. you know, I, I thought Mac, I thought that's the best Mac we've. That's obviously a small sample size, but the best Mac we've seen since 2021.
1: I agree. I agree, yeah. and I think and and oh man mom says too. Like if that wasn't preseason, um, that you know then he would be then he'd be right then he would die for that right layout for yeah. it. So, um,
0: and this also they're not scheming stuff up for the Packers here. They're just running their stuff. So like we'll we'll see when they start mixing plays in where they're really trying to attack a defense and do some different stuff. So this tells me that the base of the offense looks good and that all the guys know what they're doing in it.
1: Yeah, I agree. And and so look, I mean, ultimately, I I mean, Mac wasn't incredible, right? I mean, he was what, like six for nine for 52 yards or something like that. Like he didn't, you know, like he didn't light the world on fire, but that's okay. It's all right. It's not a big deal. Like it doesn't, you know, those things don't matter. And I, and I think, um, I think that you know they're going to get better over time. So I appreciate. Well, that. yeah. Well, so, he, did, and, he was the
0: point card. He did what he was asked. He exactly.
1: Exactly. And, and I think, I mean, they're miles, miles, marathons ahead of where they were la- this time last year. So just yes. that is a good is good to see. Um, mm-hmm. And so you know they're they're moving forward. So by the way, shout mm-hmm. out Jordan saying saying uh, where his favorite podcast. Appreciate you, Jordan. Thanks for thanks for being here. Um. All right, running back. Let's get to running back because we go, we're gonna get through okay. this. Um. We have a so JJ Taylor, of course, look great. Okay, and I know you you think JJ Taylor should be on the team. I know other people do Possibly. think.
0: Possibly.
1: I, I know. I know. I I think I I know you know other people talk about JJ Taylor and he he has that kind of shiftiness that the other that the other running backs don't for the Patriots, and I agree with that. JJ Taylor, I'm am I'm, I'm bringing it back a little bit. I'm bringing it back. Okay, if you don't know who this guy is, go look him up. Um, but JJ Taylor to me is the 21st century version. Not 21st century, that's incorrect. The 2020s version um of of Bam Childress. So that that's that's who he is to me. And I think like that's that's not a slight on him. I'm not trying to say he stinks, but He's a really good player in the preseason. You get to the regular season, and he just he just can't really do it in the regular season.
0: Yeah. See, I, I think the, the tough thing when evaluating the running back room right now is that if you just went on, you know, seniority and contract status and things like that, it's going to be Ramondre, who still looks fantastic, Ezekiel Elliott, and then Pierre Strong and Ty Montgomery. Well, Strong and Montgomery are hurt. J.J. Right. Taylor and Kevin Harris, I think both looked better tonight um, and like, I don't know. It's, it's tough to figure out what's going to happen, but availability matters. Montgomery's been hurt a ton. Uh, I thought Kevin Harris, his pass protection looked better today. He's holding on the ball. He's able to pick up what's blocked for him. Um, and I don't know who's going to end up making this roster. If they're all healthy, I think it might end up just being strong in Harris as running back three and four in Montgomery goes. Because I think if Booty's on this roster, that also hurt in Douglas. Both of those guys being on hurts Montgomery's stock and his ability to be on the roster because they're all kind of slot weapons. Um, so you put it all together and it's just a really confusing picture where I think of those four guys, any one to three of them could be on the roster, and it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Right. And you're right about that. I mean, that's – Ty Montgomery scares me because he just can't stay healthy. And, you know, that's obviously something to consider. I don't know if Pierre Strong makes the roster, and even if he does, I don't know if he has a big impact. He has a ton of speed. He has more speed than anyone else in the room. But ultimately, if he doesn't have the vision, it doesn't matter. You know, like that's just yeah. – So and, yeah. So I don't yeah,
0: know. He – yeah, and it's it's tough to evaluate because like strong plays special teams too, and that'll factor into it. Um but it's like it's also it's so hard to evaluate when the guys aren't on the field. And if if the question is of those guys, which guys have done the most in training camp and the preseason, the answer is that JJ Taylor and Kevin Harris are the two guys making the team. Is that the way it's gonna pan out? Probably not, but it's kind of also hard to say anything but that until we see guys, you know, in pads playing football.
1: Right. I agree. I agree. All right. Let's flip, let's flip, flip over the defense and I'd like to start in the secondary. And uh, someone mentioned it already. And I don't know who, who it was, but um, I'm I'm not going to scroll back, but uh, Jalen Mills was fantastic tonight. And I, I think he's yeah. looked fantastic. He looked really good in the first preseason game as well. He's, you can tell how comfortable he is back there at safety. He flies up and hits dudes. He It's great. And I love seeing him fly around. He is proving that he deserves to be part of this team. And I think that, you know, maybe he could play corner a little bit, but I think he's mostly going to be a safety. Um, old man mom says he's MVP of the preseason. I, I think he's probably right about that, right? It's just he's looked that good at safety so far. Um, yeah. and
0: That's where he was at his best with the Eagles, too.
1: Correct. Yep. And so, you know, open them up a little bit. You don't have to worry about it. And then you kind of, you know, and you kind of go from there. And yeah. I think that's a good sign for the Patriots. They have a lot of safeties. I think Josh Bloodso, it's pretty safe to say he's not going to make the team um, at this point. Yeah. So, you know, they do have a lot of safeties, but they you know, Mills isn't just a safety. He can also cover like a corner at times. So that yeah, helps you as well.
0: He can be your nickel back. Um, I think he can at points take over that Miles Bryant role of a slot defender, especially when he's such a good um, run defender. If yeah. there's any, if there's any big slots out there, like I think about when they play the Bills, the Bills are going to have their two tight end stuff this year with Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid, and it's like, all right, if they're putting one of those guys in the slot. You can have Mills go over there, or Duggar, or any of these teams. Put literally any one of them there, and you're confident with their run defending ability from that spot and their ability to cover the guy in man if needed. Uh, I thought he looked good. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. We didn't see Marcus Jones tonight in the secondary. Miles Bryant was your essentially starting third corner, depending on you know personnel groups, and he looked good. Like he made some plays out there. I thought he looked better than he did last year. I think he's growing and like he will
1: not go away. I think Miles Bryant.
0: I think Miles Bryant is as good as any fifth cornerback on a roster is in the NFL. Right. The, he might be the best fifth corner in the NFL. Yes. And quite honestly, when you have you know the passing offenses in the division that the Patriots have, having a nice having some depth there. I don't want Miles Bryant matched up one on one with Garrett Wilson. But if it's you know whatever's left of Randall Cobb when you're playing the Jets, I'm not I'm not quite as worried about that.
1: Right. Right. I agree. So yeah. um and you know, and I think Marcus Jones to to Val's point here, Marcus Jones has been beat at corner because he is small. But when he's going against not super tall guys, he's you're gonna be just fine, right? Don't put yeah. him against T Higgins. Like that's not that's not really that's not really, you know.
0: What I think the issue that Marcus Jones has right now is that he most of his experience in college was as an outside corner because all of the corners that they had at Houston were small, so he just played outside. And he has the skill set of an outside corner with the height of a slot corner. So right. I think he's had issues with some of just like the hip the speed and transitioning to cover inside and outside at the same time from the slot. But like when you play Miami and they just got small, fast guys everywhere on the field, you're not worried about it. You're not putting him against A.J. Brown outside. But if there's small receivers outside, I really like that. I think Marcus Jones can play zone coverage on the outside, too, no matter the receiver.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's the thing, you know. And, and by the way, Christian Gonzalez got called for that terrible,
0: terrible
1: that defensive sort of pass interference. But, like, I thought, you know, here's a guy that's been talked about how he's not aggressive and doesn't play hard and doesn't tackle – and he was he's up there making plays. Now I know he's not playing against first drink. I, I know that like it's not all the best players. I get that, but like he had no problem throwing his body around, going in for hits and and, and tackling guys. I just thought I thought hit. that Yeah. He did. And so and so that to me, that's what I wanna see.
0: Yeah, you know and I, thought, I, mean, and, I, and they're, I was happy. They're giving, about him that. A lot, they're giving him a lot of play out there too, which I like. Uh, he's getting used to it. I don't know. He's not like Sauce gardener from day one, but I think I think Christian Gonzalez looks very very good out there. And you know, let's I'm excited. I, I've seen it enough that I'm just ready to get to the regular season and see how he looks. They're not playing elite receivers here. Uh, the Patriots did release a short little statement here an update on Isaiah Bolden. By the way, I'm reading this from Mike Hadlick on Twitter. Um, shout out to him. Quote, cornerback Isaiah Bolden will be held overnight at a local hospital in Green Bay for observation to set expectations. We plan to provide an update on his condition by 8 a.m. on Sunday. So uh, in the, no morning, the morning, we'll, we'll have an update. I think, think that's good that they got a short timetable there for letting us know. I like that it's like, hey, here's the here's the expectations. Here's the timetable. Here's where, when we're going to provide you more info. That's that's nice. Um So yeah, obviously wishing him well there in the secondary. Uh, yeah. We want to talk about the front seven
1: too. So one other play with the Gonzalez that I saw that I liked a lot and it was, it ended up being a completion. So it didn't really matter. I think it was a cover two I, and, and I'm not a hundred percent. It was a cover two, but I'm pretty sure it was just on the way the technique was. Um Bolden was kind of playing. So they ran a flat route and they ran a kind of a corner route and it may have, it may have been an out. Cause I, I, you know, I'm not watching the all 22 I'm not sure, but he stayed with the flat route. And then after he stayed with the flat route, the throw ends up going to that corner route, whichever one it was. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, before the ball is thrown, okay, before the ball is thrown, he turns around and sprints to that. To the corner. Now it was a nice throw by Love, and so it ended up being a completion. But he's reading the guy, reading the eyes of the quarterback, and no, and comes off of his guy to get to that throw. Now the throw was a good throw, so it was fine. But you know, that's one of those things where I look at it and just think, like, hey, there's a guy that's learning, that knows what he's doing, that sees that. If that's a bad throw, if he hangs that throw, it's a pick by Gonzalez. It wasn't, but. But that's the type yeah. of thing that I like to see. For and from a young corner who's still out there learning, I like to see things like that.
0: Yeah, and you're not like he's not going to stop every single attempt, passing attempt in his direction. Sometimes you know right. the balls is going to get there. You can't right. cover every single thing. So. If you hit the guys hard <laughs> at the time when they do catch it on you, that's pretty much all you can ask for as long as you're not giving up too many catches. Um, I agree. I, I, I like that a lot. I thought he looked better. He looks more comfortable still playing a lot of special teams, which I think is really interesting if they're using him as a gunner. Um, I, I thought they might've been doing it last week just to get him into the game, to get him adjusted, to get him more physical. Now I think they just, you know, like his speed and want him on the field a lot. Cause he can be a playmaker.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And give him some reps because, you know, he's a young kid. I mean, just turned 21 in June. You know what I mean? Like, so get him out there, get him some reps and, and, uh, you know, kind of see what he can do. I don't know who this defensive, this guy's talking about defensive forward. I don't really know what's happening, but, um, you know, so, um, nevertheless, nevertheless, uh, let's get to the front seven. Want to get to the front seven, um, Sam Roberts, sorry, bro. You're out of a job. Um, that's just not you can't oh, take a 50 year penalty bad. like that, man. Like, what the hell was that? And and the illegal hands to the face. I don't know. I didn't really see illegal hands to the face, but it doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. Like
0: when you're a fringe roster guy, you can't.
1: You can't do that. You can't. That's crazy to me. So um, so that's the end of that. See you later, Sam yeah, Roberts. But I thought, and I thought the the front seven overall struggled big time against the run. Mm-hmm. I thought Penny Jennings um played really well against the run but i thought the rest of the people really didn't to be honest with you
0: yeah there was a play in there where the packers broke off a pretty significant run and i was like oh man like i guess the backups aren't that good and then i went back and looked and it was in the direction of lauren's guy and devon and carl davis
1: I yeah like,
0: i don't i don't love that there's was, there's was also the touchdown they gave up which um I, I think it was hard to tell if it was Josh Bledsoe or Josh Uche who lost right. containing on the play. I think a first viewing would indicate it was Uche, but based on some of the body language after the fact and the way that they were communicating it, it's almost seemed more like it was Bledsoe who was responsible for containing it outside of a runner. Um, I think they're still figuring some of that stuff out. Um, while I, the, they did have their issues... Stopping the run. I will say that like, like the Packers did move the ball on them at points. But then also the second they got one stop at all and the Packers had to throw the ball, things for the most part didn't go very well until backups came in. Yeah. So it wasn't great. I have some concerns running the ball. And I think that with Philly week one is really tough because they run the ball so well. And that's a really bad matchup on that front. So I don't, I think we should set expectations and not overreact. You can you can be a, a good run defense in the NFL in 2023 and have issues with the Eagles. Like that's, we'll put that out Correct. there now. But if you want to beat the Eagles, you're gonna to have to take some steps between now and then. And I didn't I don't I didn't love like Lawrence Guy looking a little bit older today and Devon Godshaw getting turned around as the nose tackle of points. That's not that's no. not what we're looking it's for. Not. Even Carl Davis not has not been up is. and down. Like he's a just a monster of a man in the middle, and he gets pushed sometimes.
1: Right. Well, Jerry was saying, you know, it's the backups, but like if Lawrence guy and Carl Davis and Godshaw aren't starting, who is like, I, who's the starting defensive tackle? Like when, you know, when, we're when we're trying to stop the run, he's
0: not there to stop the run.
1: Right. Right. And so that's, that's the thing is like, if you're trying to stop the run, those are your defensive run stoppers. Now, the one thing I will say is that this defense has been predicated on having good linebackers forever. The linebackers is where they're struggling. Now, I think, I do think that Jawan Bentley wasn't out there. That makes a difference, right? That, to me, makes a big difference. Um, and so, you know, not having Jawan Bentley out there, Mac Wilson, famously terrible against the run. Terrible. Against the run, this is the Mac Wilson just, that we're used to seeing. He's awful against the run.
0: Well, he he gambles. He he right. basically blitzes on anything, and if he's in the right gap, he's going to blow a guy up. And you right. go back to the Cleveland days too. He's got some really good plays against the run where he's blowing guys up on the line of scrimmage. But when he whiffs, it's bad. He's very hit or miss, which is fine if the rest of your defense is rock solid against the run. Then he's like an X factor. But that's not. They're just not quite yeah. that rock solid up front. Um, yeah. I guess I, I think this is the overarching concern for the season two is that if your regular guys aren't good enough at stopping the run, then that means you're going to have to put in a specialized a group of guys to stop the run. And that means, hey, Jalen Mills might have to come off the field and Adrian Phillips, or will Peppers is going to have to come off the field and your safety, your corners are gonna to have to come off the field, and we're gonna make you put all your heavy guys out there, and they still can't stop us. Or then, the second you put the heavy guys out there, we're gonna throw over the top of you. Um, that kind of becomes the the lone concern. But even then, like I, the run defense had issues, but it wasn't to that level tonight. Uh, they were able agree. to get some stops. And the second, the second the Packers tried to throw the ball, things went really poorly for them.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I that I agree with. So, you know, it's not it's not all bad. Of course, right. But I do think that, um, I do think that it didn't look good. It didn't look good. But the, I think ultimately what it comes down to for the Patriots is that they have some depth. They just don't have a lot of it. And when you get to a situation just like the offensive line, if there's one guy that's out, and you've got four starters in there, and you get one guy, you're okay. But if you get three starters out, you're screwed. Your team's your offensive line is going to be terrible. And it's the same thing with the, you know, with I would look at the defense, right? Where you look at it and say, okay, if one or two guys out, fine, but like take Bentley off the field, you take, you know, Keon White off the field, you take Barmore off the field, you take whatever, right? And now you're like, oh boy, like now the guys that we okay. have filling in just can't get the job done. Right. And I and that's yeah. probably the same way it is on any on any team, but I think more so than in the in the recent past, I feel like that's the case here.
0: When you go back to last year, their three game, three worst games against the run really were the Green Bay, Chicago, and Baltimore games. And either Lawrence Guy or Kyle Duggar was out for one of those. And it's like those are in right. some ways, the, I think what your your four best run defenders are probably Godshaw, Guy, Bentley, and Duggar with the way they I, And
1: Duggar didn't play today, did he? Did Duggar play tonight? I think he,
0: I think he played – the first series a couple of yeah. and, and then said, didn't play the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah, no, I think he played then. Um right. And it took him out right away because you know, why would you leave him in? Uh we Correct. he is yeah. But um yeah so it's like we'll we'll see how that looks in the regular season. Um I'm not like concerned concerned yet. I think think like, the only issue I have is that the guys who are there to stop the run are not necessarily good enough at stopping the run when you like need to have it. Yeah, um, there's no. You don't have Vince Fork, You don't have uh, Alan Branch, a guy like right. that, or a Ted yeah. Washington. The guys they have that are that big, which just aren't as good as those guys. Right. And it's tough. It's true.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's true. So we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, I I'm looking at it kind of saying, all right, well, what are we gonna do? You know, like where are these guys gonna come from? And I don't, I don't know. You know do they trade for another linebacker? Do they like the linebackers they have, you know, Calvin Munson, the guy that you have on your, you know, spoiler, you have on your 53 man roster. He's been playing, I, or I think you I, actually, I, I, did think he's just, come off, I pulled him right?
0: off, but he's yeah. close
1: a fringe guy. He's been playing a ton. He's been on a ton of special teams, he's been playing defense. Chris he's Board. been around like Chris boards yeah. is another one, right? Where Physical. like, he, you know, but like, yeah. he's not I a great a linebacker. So, you know, like those yeah. are the things that we have That's- to worry about. And so, it just kind of is what it is, and you and you look at it and say, "All right, well, do we have enough with the guys that are there, right? And and how do we feel about those guys? And do we trade for a linebacker? Do we pick up a linebacker? Do we try to, you know, improve that front seven? And I don't know if you really can. I think they're deep on the edges, and then I think what's going to happen is you're going to see some of those edge guys come inside, and then 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 that's where you'll see the help from. I I think at least,
0: right. Well, I think you also have. I think you have a lot of depth. I think the issue is if any, if any of the guys are you know well-rounded enough or elite enough at one thing to really put you over the top in any particular way. Like, I have a lot of guys who are good, but it feels like the front seven is made up of like really, really, really good role players. Mm-hmm. Um, and like outside like of is, outside
1: of June on, I would say
0: yes. Um, as for like barmore if he becomes the guy who we think he can become as a defensive tackle that changes that because he'll be a physical force in the middle and he'll be he's already really good against the pass he can be good against the run now too in conjunction with that that makes things a lot easier for you if keon white you know becomes if he is every week when he looks against the texans well yeah you got a guy who can do that josh Uche, i think outside of that one touchdown Looked a lot better against the run tonight. These he are the deal yeah. more often. That helps you. Penny Jennings being a better pass rusher helps you. Just like adding skill sets for these guys. And again, like it's they're not a bad front seven. We're talking about the difference between being like a top seven defense and a top three defense. That's kind of I feel like the area where we're where we're discussing. It. Right. You right. also look at the schedule and like you get Philly, but after Philly, yeah, there's a lot of teams where I'm like, I'm not, I'm not worried about them running the ball. I the same yeah, I, mean. I don't. I don't know if there's another team on the schedule. I think there are some teams that can run. Nobody the ball in
1: the league can run the ball nice. like Philly can run the ball. You know what I mean? And the only,
0: so the only other team is Baltimore, um, right? And maybe the Bears. We'll see what happens with Fields this year. But it's true. Like, yeah. Those are your teams, and like those are the teams I worry about for the Patriots. And I think Green Bay is also—they struggled defending the run last year against Green Bay, so it might just be something about how good that offensive line is. And that—that's, you know, the so other thing. Yeah, the Packers are good on the offensive line. Um, so yeah, that's not. Didn't love what I saw tonight, but I'm not. I'm not like hitting a panic button or anything yet.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and you know, the other part of it is that we haven't seen Marte Mapu out there yet. Which I think was the right decision this week because he just took the red jersey off. Give him a few days of practice, which they gave him, but then give him some extra time and go from there. I think that makes sense. Um, You know, I I just and we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, But I do think that you know it's a situation where the defense is still going to be a top ten defense. And yes, the running, like we, they struggle against the run sometimes, but I almost sometimes I wonder, like, and they struggled against the run against Green Bay last year. Remember last year during the regular season, they struggled against good Green Bay. So Green Bay's just a good running team, you know, and that's, and that's one of those yeah, things. So they're
0: good. they're good at it. So it's, and then I mean, you're not going to win every, like, nobody expects this team to win every game. Like, I think the goal, maybe this is something we should also answer in a podcast before the season starts, what we would consider success. To be for the New England Patriots this year, but yeah. uh, not—it's not 17 and 0. We're bust here. You know, there's going to be some games where the defense doesn't get it done, and even the best defenses of all time have games where they didn't get it done. So, I agree. Um, let's. Yeah, I'm, I still feel really good about where this defense is, and I'm excited to see more of it.
1: I agree. And old man mom asked about John Jones. John Jones, I think, sounds like he's gonna be ready for week one. That's what it sounds yeah. like. Of course, we don't know that for sure, but that's what it sounds like.
0: I feel like basically every player that's injured at some point, there's been a report in the past week. that's like, yeah, they'll probably be back by week one. Um, right. And I don't really know what to make of that. I also wonder if guys are banged up and Bill's like, Hey, you're making the roster anyway, just sit out, we'll get you in later. Yeah. We don't need you. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I agree. So, but we'll see. You know, well, and of course there's no way to know if those guys can be ready or not. But that's that's what it sounds like at least, you know.
0: Unfortunately, we're not in the building. The only guys that really know are the players and coaches, uh, and yeah. training staff. Exactly. So we'll we're gonna have to have some degree of patience there. And you know, that's why it's a good thing that they use the first three picks on defense. Gives you a little more depth while you're figuring out these injuries. And the same thing goes for the offensive line. You got guys hurt, you have three different picks on the offensive line. Agreed. Um, and Thornton's hurt. He used two picks on wide receiver. You know, these spots where guys are hurt, they picked guys. So time for the rookies to to help you out. Uh, the, that's asking a lot, but, you know, you're going to ask for other guys. what they got to do. Gotta, yeah. Um, side note, uh, I don't know how much more you want to talk defense, but special teams?
1: Yes. So I think I we're done good. with – yeah.
0: The kicking stuff to me is so weird because, like – if if this is the the Chad Ryland era, if that's what we're in now, why is Nick Falk still getting so many kicks? Um, And, like, you would think they'd go out there and say, like, Chad Ryland is just, we have to take all the kicks because we want him to be ready and everything. And that's not what's going on to a certain extent. Same with Beringer and Waitman in the punting competition. And, like, it's I don't weird, know. weird, right?
1: It's weird. It's, it's real weird. They're
0: not going to keep they're not going to keep two kickers but at the same time if there was ever a coach that was going to keep two <laughs> kickers it would be Bill Belichick. And also the whole like put Nick Folk on the practice squad and then we'll activate him week 1 and we'll have two kickers and one will do kickoffs and long field goals and the other one will do short field goals and we're going to do that for a couple weeks. It's like totally something he would do.
1: <laughs> 100%. I I just I don't know. I just, to me, it it doesn't make sense, you know? And you traded up for Chad Ryland. He traded up for him.
0: And he's looked fine. Like, from what we've seen, there haven't been any issues. All the reports from camp are that he's, you know, hitting about as much as folk does, and he has a longer leg. And it's like, that's... That's right. the go-ahead as far as I'm concerned. So maybe we're reading too much into this, and maybe maybe they're letting folk kick so you know they can trade him or let him prove he still has value to other teams because they've seen enough from Ryland in the building that they feel good. I don't know. but
1: Yeah, it's strange. Yeah, they had full kick, the field goal, and one of the extra points, and then he kicked the other extra point, right? No, no, no field and goals. I've... The Patriots didn't kick any field goals. The the um no they
0: had them take two of the, the Packers kick the field goals
1: I think full kick two and and round kick the other one right, right? so that's yeah. right they were gonna kick the field goal and they went four and a fourth down that's right um so
0: it's just, it's just it's bizarre
1: tough. it doesn't make any yeah. sense now they're doing the same so, thing in punter but they gave Barringer two punts he absolutely boomed two punts both over 60 yards with, you know, almost five seconds of hang time. And then Waitman a minute, a nice punt and, and, you know, and pin them pin the Packers deep with, you know, in inside the 50, 20 nice yard one. line. So, you know, I think that's another one where it's like, all right, you know, we're not going to give you the job yet, kid. Right. And I think that could be part of it. It's like, Hey, we're not giving you the job yet, kid. Like this isn't yeah. your job yet. This guy's still here. He's a veteran. We're going to, you know, so, on and that, I don't know, I don't yeah. know if anyone's going to actually trade for Nick Folk, but like, even if no one's going to trade for him, it's, Hey, we love you. We appreciate you. We want you to prove to other teams that you're still good enough. So when we cut you, if they're looking for a guy, it could be you, you know?
0: Well, And it could also be, they just want some internal pressure on, on the guys they drafted to make them earn it. That's true too. Yeah. They, they're going to cut down a cut down day and then those guys are going to get all the reps for the 10 days or ho- what, 13 right. days or whatever that distance is between it. And that's enough and they'll be good to go for our opening day. So uh, it's weird situation, but that's normal for the Patriots. Um, yeah, exactly. Shocking you see two kickers, but uh, I, I put that in like the less than a 5% chance of it happening, but not a 0% chance. But
1: not a 0, a non-zero chance. Yeah. As they would say, yeah. as uh, as yeah. they said, Oppenheimer. Um, yeah. And
0: uh, one last note: the guy we didn't talk about in here because he doesn't really fit neatly into any of the position groups we talked about, and that's Malik Cunningham. Yeah, who is a, a, a kick returner, gunner, wide receiver, and quarterback.
1: Yeah, So that's about sums it up. Yeah,
0: I don't think he's making the roster. I think they can get him to the practice squad. Here's so that. That's my thing. Is that. Teams who are cutting down rosters aren't going to say, hey, we like the 53 we have, but we're going to cut one of these guys to add a project quarterback who's in the middle of converting to be a receiver who also plays special teams. I don't think teams are rushing out to make sure they get that guy, and I think they can get him to the practice squad if that's they feel best. And him not playing any quarterback tonight in a shortened game probably helps the case of that happening.
1: I would agree with you. And I wonder I wonder what the Patriots will do with him. I think it'll be very I think we'll see a lot of what the Patriots think um this week because if they don't let him play in the in the joint practices and if they don't have him play quarterback at all on Friday night, I think that you look at it and say,
0: Hmm, hmm,
1: that's interesting. interesting that you know that they didn't let him play quarterback anywhere didn't get it on film so like those are some of the things where you look at it and say like okay maybe they are trying to keep him you know maybe they're maybe they're worried about that so so and again i'm not really sure i think he's a guy that's an electric type of guy i don't know where he fits on the team i don't know if you could if you're going to do anything but like for me personally, I look at it and say, "All right, well, if it's not Malik Cunningham, first of all, Jerry asked the question that I was going to ask, was which, which is who is who makes it for the UDFA streak number one, and then number two, if you know, and I think I still think I still think he could make it as a quarterback. I still think you could have him as your third quarterback. Now, would they keep three quarterbacks? I don't know." But if you could have him as a, you know, he's your quarterback. And we talked about this on the podcast this week. Like he's your third string quarterback and you get to carry an extra guy because he is your, you know, emergency quarterback through the week. So, and I don't know, but that's just, ooh, excuse me. It's yeah. 1 a.m. I'm yawning over here, the but,
0: 1 a. over here. You
1: know, but that's, but that's one of the things that I wonder is like, you know, if he makes the roster, where is it? Because you're not going to keep seven wide receivers like, and he's not ready to be, to be an NFL wide receiver just yet. But I mean, someone might throw him on the roster to be a backup quarterback. You know, I don't know, but you might look at it and say, Hey, there's a backup quarterback. Right. And if Zappy doesn't play well enough, could they keep him here as a backup quarterback? I, you know, I don't know. That's,
0: and that's one of those things yeah. I don't think
1: they would because they're using him at too many other positions. They're not, they're clearly not well, sold and, him in at quarterback, you know?
0: And he was an undrafted free agent for a reason. Like every team in the NFL passed on Cunningham multiple times. Um, right. And clearly he was like a highly sought after undrafted free agent, but like that's still, you know, he didn't get drafted for a reason. He's in the middle of switching positions. Uh, teams didn't love him. I don't think he's the type of guy that gets picked up unless you have a plan for him, but there's no reason for another team to have a plan for him. So I think he probably hangs around New England in one form or another. I just, I, I'm in the middle of going to have my roster projection dropping in the morning. I don't have an undrafted free agent on it. Um, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of wild, but it's also, you. I mean, they drafted so many players this year and, you know, makes it hard they they drafted two receivers i got both of them making it They drafted three offensive linemen i got all of them making it you have keon white who's going to be on the roster they drafted a linebacker who's going to make it there's a corner who's going to make it and two uh two special teamers who are going to make it plus amir speed who actually have is the last guy on my roster right now is a special teamer and a corner and a personal protector who does a lot on their punt teams. And it's like, that's, that's a lot of rookies making. In another year, Amir Speed's probably your undrafted free agent who makes it as a special teamer. He right. just got drafted yeah. in the seventh round this year, sixth round, or whenever it was. They
1: picked him. Yeah. And Old oh Man Mob yeah. asked about, you know, what's the opinion that we have on, on Pat McAfee saying what he said? And Pat McAfee did say what he said. But this is, you know, NFL media lives and thrives off of overreaction. It's an overreaction. To one series in the fourth quarter of right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's great. What did great. say? I kind of
0: tuned him out to be honest. He was
1: you. like, no, he he was like, um, you know, I can't believe no one drafted him. That's crazy. He's better than you know this, and he's uh, already shown that he can do this and blah, blah blah and all this other stuff. And I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. But like, he's not gonna be there. By the well, way, without Andrews is making the roster. Sorry, like that's all the rookies making. But Andrews, come on. Andrews is a fourth round. And they've pick.
0: never, they've never cut somebody in the fourth round. If you, He's you're, there. If you're He's there. The fourth round or, or higher, you make the roster. The He's their
1: backup year. center. He's there. Yeah. He is. They're going to have oh, already, and and Thanks. not only that, but he Low is the guy over. that's going to take over for David Andrews when he retires. But that's, that's going to happen.
0: That's fine. Yeah. Also, the amount of money that Cunningham makes, I think, is kind of not relevant to the discussion because, like. Him making more than sixth and seventh rounders and fifth rounders, the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounders all have certain amounts of money that they are going to make in the CBA. They don't have that around undrafted free agents. So all it means is that a couple, at least one other team, and probably a couple other teams wanted Cunningham.
1: But you know who else they've
0: given a lot of money to? They give a ton of money to like Andrew Beck, who has hung around in the league as a backup tight end, but did not make the Patriots. Um, The amount of money you get paid. As an undrafted free agent, is really more a reflection of how much interest there was in you than how good you are. And obviously, like there's some correlation between those two things, but just because you get paid a lot doesn't really doesn't really tell me anything other than that before we had you in the building, we thought you might be good.
1: Correct. I mean, they're gonna get guys. They're gonna cut guys that cut guys this year that are making more than Malik Cunningham. You know, yeah. like, and yeah. so that's. You know,
0: and they're paying that money to Cunningham. I think regardless of what happens, so the amount that they're paying him, I think almost doesn't even factor like that. That money is in the past. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. There's no real reason to factor that into whether or not he makes the team.
1: Correct. Correct. All yeah. right. I think it's a good. I think it's a good. Good place. in I need to wrap it up. We're over an hour here, past one a.m. Trivia. Eastern time. Trivia. Trivia time. Um. I got a trivia? question. All right. Okay. All right. All right. I got we'll a, I got a
0: fun one. I think you'll like this. By the one. way, who a... who
1: won? Who won last week?
0: So the the question last week was: uh, Where is it? Before Mardemapu was drafted, which former Patriots player in the the twenty first century yep. played uh, at Sacramento State? The answer was Lonnie Paxton. And my dad, for the second question in a row, got it right. I promise you, um, he's not. There's no cheating going on. My dad doesn't even usually tune into the shows. He just uh, he nailed that one. Um, he, and he heard your hint, Pat, and went with that. So yeah, uh, yeah. that was last week's question. As always, for, Revert, for anybody who's new to this, we ask a trivia question at the end of every episode. First person, can get it in the live chat or the comments after or to hit us up on Twitter with the answer to the question. It's going to get entered into a drawing for something from the Pat's Pro Shop. We're going to do this a couple times this year. And, Pat, we're going to have a bonus on this week's question. If the person who gets it Ooh. right gets the bonus part right, we're going to give him a second entry for it.
1: Or her, I love it.
0: Yeah. Something something a little fun. So, this week's and and you're going to before you answer, you probably want to hear the bonus part so you can submit that too. So, the, the question in what season did the Patriots win their lone regular season game at Lambeau Field? The only win they have there in the team's history. And get a bonus entry if you can name one Patriot who scored a touchdown, who went into the end zone in that game.
1: Wee, that's a good question.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I'm not. I was gonna. I was gonna tell. I was gonna say something, but I don't want to spoil this answer at all. So no, nope. I'll, I'll say it off stream. I like it. Yeah, that's a good one. but uh, I don't. Do you know this answer?
1: Nope. No. I'm trying to think. Um just trying to do math in my head some some quick some quick math in my head right i'm thinking about last year was 2022 so yeah could check out um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah I, i'm
0: just trying I, I to think s- yeah i will say if you uh, if you submitted an answer and you want to be in the uh if you want to be eligible for the bonus definitely submit your your answer for the bonus either in your response or like right after If you want to throw a guess in there for one of the players who scored a touchdown so yes um, i like it yeah yeah um yeah so we'll we'll be back at some point this week pat do we know when we're going to be back
1: yeah i uh that's a good it's a good question i think probably tuesday night or even wednesday night um I think more likely probably Wednesday night. I'm on vacation in New Hampshire, as you might be able to see. I have the loft. I'm I'm up in a loft right here, uh, traveling with my children and my parents and my sister and her husband, Mm -hmm. uh, all staying in this one, uh, this one cool house that has all sorts of like cool Star Wars stuff. They got like, I'm sitting over here next to like a big, um, like Atari game with like, that's got like the, that's got a whole thing on it. It's got a Star Wars pinball machine downstairs. It's got all sorts of stuff. So it's pretty cool. but so i be traveling for a few days so I'm not 100% sure when I'll be around but um we'll but we'll uh we'll get we'll get something done we'll get something done uh early this week maybe even maybe even Wednesday after after Wednesday night because they have yeah, joint we'll practices practice. Wednesday Thursday uh Tuesday Wednesday. Tuesday Wednesday that'll be after both joint practices I think that might make sense so maybe we'll do Wednesday night That so, works for
0: me uh, yeah one last thing before I sign off uh, Yes. If you guys have seen what's going on in Hawaii but Jelani Tavai from Hawaii. He has a link in his Instagram bio for anybody who's interested in donating to help out, you know, people who are who are out there. So if you have the if you have the money, please donate what you can. If you don't, go ahead and share that with somebody who can and uh, yeah. go uh, go show some. We'll have Patriot Nation show some love.
1: Yeah, exactly. Agreed. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you to the chat as always. We appreciate you guys blowing up the chat, uh, having conversations, asking good questions, uh, making good statements and, you know, just overall, you know, to me, it just, it makes it so much more fun doing this because we're able to interact with you guys and and we appreciate it. So, so thank you. I appreciate it. And, uh, and we will, we'll talk to you later on this week.